0: It's time once again for the Worship Ministry Catalyst podcast with your hosts, David Lindner and Kevin Cruz. Worship Ministry Catalyst is a resource for all worship leaders and team members serving in the local church. Take a seat at the table and join the conversation as David, Kevin, and their guests discuss all things worship, from team dynamics to technology to song selection. Feel free to poke fun at David's hair, talk football, or bring up other topics that have nothing to do with worship. We want to add your voice to the conversation. Find us on Twitter at twitter.com slash WMCatalyst. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash worshipministrycatalyst. Or just head over to worshipministrycatalyst.com and drop a note in the comments section of any episode. And now it's time for the show.
1: Well hello everyone, welcome. To, uh, we, we we decided last time rendition was the wrong word. Yeah, episode. I guess we'll just stick with episode. E-
2: episode's classic.
1: Another episode of the Worship Ministry Catalyst Podcast, uh, episode one forty nine. Woo! And, almost, um, almost at one fifty. Yeah, getting there. That's we should do another big birthday celebration or something when we get to one fifty. You remember yeah. when we did that for one hundred?
2: Yeah, when we hit the hundred episode, we we found a bunch of percussive instruments that were laying around the church. <laughs> and we just yeah, that was fun.
1: Yeah. So um. <laughs> So here we are, um, and we are really excited. If you listen to episode 148, then you know what's coming. If you didn't, you should go listen to 148 and then know what's coming. Yep. But um, we, uh, we're we excited to get to talk to yet uh, another, uh, another great voice in the worship-leading, worship songwriting community, mm-hmm. uh, somebody that we are sure you have sung uh, her songs over the years, and that's Catherine Scott. So welcome to the podcast, Catherine. Thank you for being with us today. Thank
3: you so much for inviting me. It's a delight to be
1: with you. Well, um, I just kind of—I've got your uh, your your bio from your website. I just kind of want to go go over that if if you don't mind, sure. real quick, give our our uh, audience uh, some background. Uh, Catherine was born in 1974. Into I don't know if you wanted us to say that. That's uh, all right. <laughs>
2: it's, it's just the truth. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's on the website, so right. it's fair
1: game, right?
3: It's, yeah, absolutely,
2: it's yeah. the horrible truth. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, uh, into a wonderful Christian family, and she is the eldest of four children. Having grown up in Northern Ireland, she moved to England in the early 90s to study theology at Elam Bible College. Not only did she earn her degree there, but she also met and married her husband, the lovely Alan Scott. In 1996, they moved to Glasgow. I don't know if I said that right. I apologize you if did, I did You did, you did. That was perfect. Um, where Alan is from, became the assistant pastors in the Southwest Glasgow Vineyard. As it, uh, as it was at the time, and served there for two years. After that time, they both felt the, the Lord leading the call to move back to Ireland and plant Causeway. Causeway or costway? Causeway? Causeway. you got it. All right. Causeway yep. Coast Vineyard Church, which is where they still are today. So uh, one of the things that I love about that, uh, worship leader uh, uh, pastors in a local church. Yeah. Uh, that's one of the things that we also love about uh, Paul Balash and some of those guys. Yes. Yep. Um, so, uh, whilst this is, uh, this is some of the story with church planting, there was a whole other world opening up at the same time. Uh, she met Brian Dirksen in 1997, and he trained about 10, uh, I'm guessing, worship songwriters over the course of the next two years. And this is when she wrote and recorded Hungry and Child of God in 2002, signed with Integrator Music, uh, with whom uh, she recorded three solo albums, Satisfy, I Belong, and We Still Believe. And she released her independent EP called Sing on the Battlefield in 2014. And she's excited for what's next. And we are, too. So uh, you have two beautiful daughters, Sophie and Mm -hmm. Emily. So uh, you just sent an email right before we started that you were just finishing up dinner. So thank you for taking time out of your busy evening to, <laughs> yeah. to spend with You're us. You're welcome. Yeah, th- and and
2: so um I-, I was looking and I believe uh, you are eight hours ahead of us. That's right. Um so yes. so right now it's about six thirty your time. Is that correct?
3: Yes, it is. That's right.
2: Well, yeah, and thank you for finishing dinner for for having <laughs> uh, having all that in place just so that you could be with us here in Vancouver, Washington. We're on the uh, the West Coast of the U.S., um, so, um, yeah, West Coast time. It, Portland, Oregon, I guess, would be the uh, the closest uh, metropolitan city to where we are located.
1: Yeah, and uh, both Kevin and I have seen you at local conferences. Yes. Now, I saw you at the one at the conference Kevin just went to at the uh, Christian Musician Summit up in yeah. Seattle. Uh, yeah, the What's Seattle area. What was it called? Issaqu- not- Issaquah? Issaquah. Yeah. Um, um, and you were you were there with Paul Balash. That was the first time I, I had seen you lead worship. That was my first experience with you. And then, and then Kevin,
2: I, I saw you a number of years ago, Catherine. I think it was two thousand seven or two thousand eight. Um, it was it was a Portland area uh worship conference, and you were with uh, Brian Dirksen and Paul Balash. And, yes. uh, and yourself, and then um, uh, Ross Parsley from New Life Worship. And the reason I remember you were there, there was a question-answer time, and <laughs> um, uh, hilarious. I'll never forget it. Uh, people could kind of text in what questions they had, and someone texted in the question, can you have Catherine Scott say, they're magically delicious, uh, which, is, <laughs> which is a reference to uh, the Lucky Charm cereal here in the U.S. Uh, there's, yes. there, there's this leprechaun um uh who who does uh this, you know, uh he's like the the face for the lucky charms commercial. He goes, The magically delicious. Anyway. <laughs> and and uh, so that that's what I remember about that worship conference.
3: <laughs> I'm glad you took away something. Yeah. <laughs> God, <I think. laughs>
2: yeah. No, there there was a lot of great stuff from that conference. Um uh, including uh there was a worship night, uh you and Brian Brian Dirksen um, did um kind of a, a re a reboot version of Come Now Is the Time to Worship, and you know and kind you know kind of an older song, but I remember you guys did it with this wonderful duet, and and uh, um it, it was it was just it was magical, it was it was wonderful. Thank
1: Thank yeah, and one of what I remember from that conference was At Your Name, and uh, singing that you were singing that with Paul Balash. Mm-hmm. and that was uh one, that was actually. I think that's the one song we did the next Sunday, you know, the next day we <laughs> yeah. like we got to do that song. We brought it right back.
2: Yep, yep. Um, wow. So, but, that's
3: okay.
1: Well, Catherine has agreed to do uh, kind of talk with us on two different topics, one about being a worship leader and, and then about worship songwriting. So, I thought if it's okay, we could jump right into worship leading and um and maybe maybe you would start by telling us some about your church and and your involvement there with planning, worship, leading, worship, administrating, and all that yes. stuff.
3: Absolutely. Well, my husband and I planted the church that we're in uh, 15 or 16 years ago, and uh, we've had the total privilege of watching it grow from six of us, uh, all, all of whom were people in my family, <laughs> <laughs> uh, to almost 2,000 at the oh, moment. Wow. I've wow. seeing a phenomenal number of people come to faith and uh, it's a really vibrant, it's a really vibrant church. It's hmm. an absolute joy to be part of. Um, in fact, since February last year, uh, we've seen over two and a half thousand people come to faith for the first time. So that's been a total obviously they're not all coming to our church, <laughs> but we don't mind about that. Right. We yeah. just want to find we just wanna help people connect their hearts with Jesus. Wow. Uh, so loving that, and of course. In that uh, environment, leading worship, there are always quite a large number of people on any given Sunday morning who don't know Jesus yet. So trying to, what we really, what we decided to do was we were just going to go for it. We're just going to do worship the way we've always really that, just that real hunger that we have for Jesus and the Holy Spirit and honouring the Father and just leaving space for him to do whatever he wants, but also to keep it as accessible as possible so that people can bring their friends and feel comfortable doing that. And and so often over and over again, people who don't know Jesus yet find themselves just weeping mm-hmm. through the through that service and just saying, what on earth is happening to me? And it, I think it's better taught than taught sometimes. Mm-hmm. Teaching very important too, but just <laughs> that that encounter is just so it's a privilege to to uh, have the opportunity to lead people into that encounter mm-hmm. even if they don't believe in Jesus yet.
1: Right. Well, uh, it sounds like then you've made an intentional decision about uh, what you're going to allow into the worship service and what what would maybe be reserved for other other times yes. of worship. Um, Absolutely. So so how do you how do you decide that? How do you what are the criteria for what this this is this is global corporate worship stuff and this is Ah, This is more Bible study stuff or something like that. Mm.
3: Yeah, it's all about who's going to be in the room and how can we serve them best. Uh, Everything you do is God-centered, obviously. Um, So that's non-negotiable. But what we do in our Sunday morning gatherings or any gathering where we know that there's going to be a lot of people who don't know Jesus yet, um, we stick to a certain time frame. So we're looking at kind of 25 minutes to half an hour, whereas in another set and we might go 40 minutes or 45, if it's, you know, a real worship kind of thing where you're inviting people to that sort of uh, gathering. Um we've, we find you can have just as excellent and uh, counter fueled uh, worship in a short time, just as you can in a long time. So that's been really good. That's caused us to really focus on what we're doing. Um, we try not to do these are real practical things. We try not to do um too much spontaneity, so keep it keep it flowing and going mm-hmm. so that because a lot of people don't know how to sing their own song yet because they don't have their own song yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. and uh, so all the time we're thinking we're thinking that way, we do leave room. Uh, for maybe healing or whatever it is that we think the Lord might want to do in that moment. But we just, we do it kind of fairly quickly and then just move on to the next thing. And that's been been very intentional. Uh, What's been incredible is watching the Lord turn up the heat in terms of supernatural outpouring, Hmm. which we never expected, honestly. Um, And it seems to us anyway that, that those who are hungry for God even even if they don't quite know it yet, uh, they're tuned in to what's really God and what's just us putting on something that we think hmm. is great. And they much prefer the real thing. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> so that's really what my job is to either to lead or to help our other worship leaders do exactly the same, to create a space for encounter Uh, For people and to keep, those are some of the criteria that we really stick to on those, uh, those environments in our church where people are coming in, especially Mm. for the first time. Now,
2: now, Catherine, let me ask you. So, um, on are are you typically leading um, every week? Do you have other people that are leading, helping you lead? What does that kind of model look like at your church?
3: Well, uh, I lead once or twice a month. And then our other worship leaders, we've got about four, I think, other worship leaders, and they alternate. Uh, until fairly recently, I was the worship pastor, but I've always done it as a volunteer. I just felt more comfy that way. <laughs> um, and I, and none of our musicians are paid, so I kind of liked the opportunity to model that <laughs> uh, as well. Wow. Um, so... I have just handed that over, which is a joy and delight. <laughs> uh, I think, I mean, I've absolutely loved doing it, but I really, it's wonderful to be able to keep working yourself out of a job. Mm-hmm. That is your job, mm-hmm. uh, to keep looking for the next people who are meant to take that on. Um, and the, we're not quite there with who we need to fill that gap at the moment. But uh, even when that gets filled, I'll still be leading about once a month.
1: Hmm.
2: You know, I, I really appreciated something you said just now, Catherine. Um, And I I think for David and myself, one of the things that that we really want um, in our own ministries, because David and I have talked about this, is the ability to be able to kind of let go of things. And I think I've seen it happen um, in the church where sometimes, uh, you know, this mentality of, well, this is my ministry. This this is my, you know, I'm the worship leader. You know, I'm the one doing it. Um, But I love what you said about, you know, hey— I, I want to work myself out of a job. My goal is to work myself out yes. of a job, and and I think it's such a beautiful perspective to say that I, as a minister in the church, you know, uh, of God's people, I, I want to be, you know, open handed and a vessel to say, uh, Lord. Who are you, who are you, you know, building around me? Who, are, who is around me that can, that can be trained? Who around me is, can take this over? Um, so I, I really appreciate you mm. just sharing that perspective. And I think it's something we all need to be reminded of, that this is not our ministry. This is not our church. It's the Lord's yeah. church, and we're here to serve His people.
1: Absolutely. And one thing I wanted to jump on was um, that you did it as a volunteer, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, <laughs> wow. You know, if there's if there's anyone like anyone on the planet, right, that deserves to be paid when it comes to Christian worship songwriting <laughs> <It's> you, <laughs> song leader. You know, so it's just well, the person <laughs> writing the songs that all the church is singing, and yet uh, you led the example by wow by by not but 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 to hear you say that you did it because you wanted to be an example to model then, it. Wow, to model it for your others. So awesome. Uh, that's great. Thank you. Um, one question. <laughs> Sorry, I cut you off. A
3: and that's okay. <laughs>
1: Uh one question I have um and maybe and maybe it's different um where you are than than here in the United States but it's only been in the last probably 15 20 years that women have been even really allowed mm. to lead worship on the stage I don't know if that's if that's the case over you know across the pond as as we like to say but if uh do you have any any experience you know kind of kind of paving the way in that I know I know for sure you did that in America when you would come and lead worship yeah here. Yeah. yeah which was Amen. awesome
3: it, Do you know what's really lovely I although I've known that uh, it's been like that for in my particular journey I, I've always felt like God has sent me guys to open the door for me so it's never felt like a pushy thing and it's also never felt like a place where I didn't belong. I'm so I'm so grateful. I almost feel like the Lord tricked me into it <laughs> because I think I would have been too. I'd have been too afraid. I think to to just go and step into that role had I known <laughs> that it, at the time uh, that it wasn't really a woman's place or domain at that particular time. Mm-hmm. So I was blissfully unaware. Really, yeah. I mean, I grew up in a traditional church where women. Uh, really weren't involved in any sort of leadership, but it just, I don't know whether I just wasn't smart enough to notice. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, I just always kept thinking that my job was nothing to do with being a girl or a boy. It was just about giving my whole yes to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I still think that. Um, and as I've, as I've gone through becoming a worship leader and all of that kind of, kind of thing, it's because usually a guy in my life has said, whether it's been Brian Dirksen or my husband or uh, Jimmy Waters, our senior pastor, when we were back in Glasgow, God's put something on you. Mm. And they've they've called it out of me. And um, so what's beautiful about my journey is that's never been an issue. So I've been able to say to other girls, don't let that be an issue either. Yeah. And the same to boys, don't let it be an issue. Just <laughs> if God's on you to do this, just open your mouth and sing.
1: Yeah. <laughs> wow.
2: You know, it, uh, at the conference that I went to back in, 07 or 08, whenever it was, um, I I brought uh, one one of the gals uh, from my worship ministry, um, Angie. Mm-hmm. Uh, she um, she came with me, and you know she she's been uh, someone who's who's been kind of my, my right hand man for you know yeah. uh, for a, a, a long time while I've been at my church, and I remember. There was actually a workshop at that conference that that dealt with you know women leading worship and I don't know if you were teaching or someone else was um but it, 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 it was really encouraging you know um a- after we went to our respective workshops and then we you know got back together. And I'm like, hey, how was your you know workshop on on you know women in in leadership or or women leading worship and she's like, you know kevin like she she said it was it was really great because." I was sitting there listening and, you know, they were talking about all these issues and problems and, you know, and she was saying that that hasn't been an issue or a problem for me, you know, and, you know, in, in, uh, what I'm doing at Laurelwood. And, and so I I think what you're saying, you know, I I want to affirm that, but also, you know, recognizing that for, for me as a, as a male worship leader, I need to be, you know, making sure to provide opportunities for the Angie's of the world, Mm -hmm. you know, and, And and it goes back to what I said just a little bit ago. Like I can I can close my fist and say no, I'm going to be leading worship and uh, you know whatever. But but to allow opportunities for for people who have a heart, you know, to to minister to the body of Christ. And something amazing happens when you allow people in the church to share their gifts, whether it's male or female. You know, we're we're coming before the throne room of grace and we're approaching it with confidence. Yeah. And it, it's great, you know. Um. So thank you for helping you know pave the way for that and and uh you know just encouragement for all those listening, whether you're a male or a female, just hold loosely those those things that you know God has
1: well what are you know if you look at look at where you are now and then where you were maybe uh ten years ago as a worship leader um mm-hmm. what were what would be some of those things that you would kind of go back to go back in time to yourself ten years ago and say, hey Uh, don't worry so much about this, worry about this, or, you know, what what advice would you give yourself?
3: That's a great question. I think don't be too hung up on the things you're not amazing at. Mm. (laughs) Um, I used to feel so self-conscious about the way I played the piano, uh, or even the fact that I played the piano, because, (laughs) you know, everybody cool plays guitar, (laughs) (laughs) and uh, I can't play guitar, Uh, to we
2: save both. Myself. We're both <laughs> piano players yeah, too. Yeah. We're... Yes. <laughs> we. Yeah. We. We feel. We feel the the pain of like. Yep. Oh, I don't play guitar.
3: Ah, <laughs> oh, it is a joy even more to meet you. <laughs> um, but I always used to feel really shy about the way that I played. Uncomfortable might be a better word. I just thought it's not all that great. And then I started to realize that as long as I was playing to the very best of my ability, and still working on the ability side of things, uh, then actually I wasn't there to be noticed. Yeah. <laughs> I was there to facilitate worship for everybody else. Hmm. And as I, you know, I, I deliberately went and just checked in with some people who I knew I could trust just to make sure, is this helping people connect? And it was. So I, I thought... I. Uh, that's how I grew in that just to not let it bother me so much anymore so if I could go back now, uh, that's what I'd say don't get hung up on the stuff that you're not so good at and remember that you're in a team where others are going to help yeah well and, and and that's such
2: a that's such a good reminder because um, you know I, I think as as artists you know as um, musicians as worship leaders whatever you know we're we're naturally critical of ourselves I know I am you know, like, like, oh, I, I missed that one note on that one song on that one part. But you know what? At the end of the That's,
1: day, like God's getting the glory, right?
3: Absolutely.
1: Well, and what, you know, what a great word to, to, you're not there to be noticed. You're there to facilitate yeah. worship.
2: And, and I think, uh, Paul Balash has, has said, I've gone to a couple of different conferences that Paul's been at. And, uh, when I was at just recently up in, um, Issaquah, um, you know, he, he, Used, I can't remember the exact words he used, but he said something to the effect of, you know, being a worship leader is great because, you know, you're not there to entertain. And so if you aren't perfect, that's okay because you're just bringing people in, you know?
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: So, um, how
1: did you learn piano? If I don't,
3: my my mom taught me piano. Uh And I I started when I was five, which is, as you know, with the birthday situation, a long time ago. <laughs> and
2: And well, that's
1: when I was born, if that makes you feel any better
3: <laughs> that, that helps <laughs> um
2: and and so and so then you you played piano um and when when you first started getting into um leading worship uh were were you always behind a piano or or were you did you start out just vocally? kind of what did that look like?
3: um it was always behind a piano, and um I started well. I should say I started on worship teams singing background vocals and I just loved that. And I had no desire to be a worship leader whatsoever. I could not figure out how they could do that. I thought it was brilliant. And I just thought I'll never be able to do that. And I I didn't even want to, I just didn't want to do it. I just thought this is brilliant. I'm going to let those guys do it. Uh, So I was quite happy uh, just being a background singer. And then I went to college to study theology. And uh, when you do that, you tend to get nudged into places <laughs> to do to fill gaps. And uh, so that's when I started to lead worship a little bit. I honestly wasn't very good at it. And that is not that is not an exaggeration. I had a friend one time after I led worship uh, just for like a handful of people, There there's about 20 of us, maybe. And he said to me, Catherine, please don't worry. Not everybody's called to lead worship. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, you are not kidding. I am never doing that again. <laughs> Um, so I got off to a bit of a bumpy start, but uh, after that, I had a friend who played guitar and he used to just get me to, I would lead the slow songs and he would lead the fast songs at the beginning of a set. And we sort of, I I started to find my feet a little bit. I was like, I I feel comfortable with this. Hmm. And And it really wasn't until I met Brian Dirksen in 97 though, that I learned how, it was just a confidence thing, how to learn, how to lead really well how to lead, fast songs as well, even on the piano. <laughs> uh, and it was much more about being, to be honest, comfy in your own skin and serving the people in front of you.
2: Yeah. You know, and and, and, and that's great. Again, just a great reminder. Thank you, Catherine, for sharing that, because, um, you know, for probably a lot of people listening, you know, a lot of our our, our subscribers and our listeners, you know, we're, we're not the most amazing musicians, um, but that's okay, like, it you know, it, it's, um, Brian Dirksen has used this illustration before this item, loaves and fishes, you know, and you, you, um, you know, you, uh, you, you, bring your loaves, you bring your fishes, you know, you, you bring what you have and then God multiplies the rest, yes, you know, God multiplies the rest.
1: Hmm. Well, we're just about out of time on this, this first episode. So, um. Lots of first, lots of great insight for for worship leaders, worship team members, uh, up and coming worship leaders. But do you have any any encouragement, you know, present day, modern, modern worship leading environment, not 10 years ago, but encouragement (laughs) for for worship leaders out there around the world uh, to to kind of push them on to another level, maybe?
3: Absolutely. I think. I really think the first thing is stay really hungry for God. Mm. Stay stay in passionate pursuit. Uh, Make sure you get away with God as often as you can just by yourself. I think what it does is it brings authority to every stage where you end up finding yourself. It brings um, a real weight of his presence as well. That you cannot manufacture. Um, and it's and it, that's the very thing that we long for in the room anytime that we lead worship. And it, so it just it's a little bit like Jesus getting away on the mountainside, and he would do it over and over and over and over and over again. It was part of his rhythm. I think just make that part of your rhythm. Um that that's the fundamental thing. After that, just keep practicing your skill, keep honing your skill uh, keep singing. Paul, I should say, sing your prayers out to Jesus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and I, and I think, I think that is the way to stay. I think what I'm trying to say is stay on the grow.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, that's good. Catherine, thank you so much for joining us this episode. Um, uh, for those of you listening, you'll want to make sure to tune in next episode because we're going to be talking some more with Catherine about songwriting and I'm excited to talk a little bit about, uh, how you met Brian and, and you know, how that was kind of a catalyst for your songwriting experience with the Hungry album. And, uh, really? so yeah, that'll be really fun to dive into that. Um, but
1: thank you for joining us this episode.
3: You're welcome.
1: So that's all the time we have for now. You can find us online, www.worshipministrycatalyst.com. I almost started with catalyst instead of worship ministry catalyst. <laughs> catalyst is a totally different thing. Great conference, but, uh, you won't find us there. Um, and then you can go to Facebook.com slash Worship Ministry Catalyst, Twitter.com slash WM Catalyst. You can send an email to David at Worship Ministry Catalyst.com or Kevin at
2: Worship Ministry And
1: you can leave us a voicemail at country code one, area code three six zero eight one eight four three three nine. That's how you get a hold of us. If people want to get a hold of you, how do they find you?
3: Probably the easiest is on Twitter. It's just at Catherine Scott or on the website katherinscott.org.
1: Perfect. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next episode.
0: Bye-bye. twitter.com slash wm catalyst. Facebook.com slash worship ministry catalyst.